Bienvenue à CZM episode de Maison Reyes 27 du Yattencast. Je m'appelle Michael Harmstone, and I can't be asked doing any more French. And joining me as always is uh, Sir Goose, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. Madam Baseball, M- Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Bonjour. Bonjour. And Sir Twerp, Ben Powell. Howdy, mate. <laughs> you can tweet us, as always, using hashtag Yattencast or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So did we enjoy this episode? Yeah. There was no intro. There was no intro again. <laughs> My first point, that, Logan. <laughs> this better not mean that you, you're skimping on the Ginger Ninjas at the end. May I point out? I, I won't outro. skimp That's on it. That's an outro, outro I'll call you swine. It is. Also, because it's Halloween, darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpsing shell. Is that Michael Jackson's thriller intro? It is, it's Vincent Price. <laughs> it's Vincent Price, <laughs> which I do do every time it comes on at work, which today was a lot, because it's awesome. Thriller still comes on the radio at Halloween over in over in the UK. Oh yeah, well my um, my works radio is rather well known for being stupid with all the seasonal songs, so we will start getting Christmas songs probably from tomorrow. But they play all the naff Halloween songs and all the good uh, Halloween songs. This might be so. a, a foreign concept for your country, but you know there are other songs, right? Oh yeah, they play, <laughs> they play other songs as well, but I mean, on days like today we get stuff like All Stars, bump, things that go bump in the night from the Scooby-Doo movie, we get Monster Mash, we get, Monster Mash. We get Thriller, what are the other Halloween songs we get? There's loads of them. We Ghostbusters! Them Ghostbusters we do, do, we do get as well. Rob Zombie? No. Well, I I hang on a Tumblr a lot, so basically I've heard uh, the I've heard a dubstep remix of Spooky Scary Skeletons for the past three weeks. So, uh, so previously, eight teams continued racing in Zimbabwe. Uh, Tanner and Josh gave the express pass to Denise and James Earl. Logan and Chris slipped early but managed to gain ground thanks to the team's mistakes. Denise and James Earl overtook Justin and Diana in the world's slowest foot race to win the leg, and Jasmine and Danielle were out of the race after they misread two clues. And as Logan said, there is no intro again this week. Boo. Instead, we get another awkward staged conversation at the start of the round. It's it's such a. It's, I don't know if these scenes should continue on in subsequent seasons because the conversations just seem so forced and unrealistic, and it's just two teams of the show talking, at, just approaching each other in front of the camera. It's very odd. But on the plus side, we get more airtime for Denise, who is glorious. <laughs> because Denise's facial expressions this round, especially, were awesome. It's not like we're going to take take airtime away from her. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I said this last week, but oh, on Tuesday, but she's a star. It turns out, this, this might be a hard concept for people to understand, but there are stars in this season other than Justin, Diana, and Josh and Tanner. <gasps> I know. But but on the plus side, we I think we all prefer Justin and Diana to Tanner and Josh anyway. Correct. Indeed. It's like what I was saying. If you, if you give other people screen time, they might be funny. Or have a very awkward relationship. For some reason, people are still calling them the Bates family, yet it's more Mother Boy. So we don't even get a location right at the start of the leg, it's just straight into the first roadblock, which is who wants to get their blood pumping? And in this roadblock, one team member must perform a casual 364-foot bungee jump in, over the Zambezi River to receive the next clue. 
And after every task is leg, they must record their heart rate. And it's Denise, Diana, Tanner, Joey, Krista, Rick, and Chris doing the roadblock. It's so awful. I was having flashbacks to mine. And mine was, I, I think it would have only been like 150 metres. But Jesus, it's so bad. It's so bad. I'd have to be pushed to do it again. And I would never do it. But on the plus side, we get Denise's facial expressions to having to do this, Tanner's facial expressions to having to do this, which for some reason they didn't include the thing that they included in the uh, the next time trailer last week of him just looking depressed about having to do it. 97, 98, 99, 99, 99. But <laughs> most interestingly, over the past couple of weeks, they've been building up the fact that Kelsey does all the adrenaline pumping tasks and Joey doesn't. And yet we saw nothing from Joey saying, basically, I'm so scared to do this task. And I have actually asked him about this on Twitter today, just whilst I was doing the podcast prep, because I was really intrigued. And he said that he was surprised that they didn't even point it out either. He said he went into beast mode and just jumped. Kelsey enjoys just enjoys that sh- uh, stuff. I'm not so much scared as massively cautious. Well, I would probably, I would probably care more if they were more interesting. But, you know... <laughs> they aren't very interesting at all. They're so bland. They're nice, though. Well, they are I nice. I take them nice over and Tanner and Josh. Nice yeah, to get played. the ratings, Michael. No matter what, you know, the Facebook groups suggest. Now they just forward it anymore. Anything else to say about this task, apart from, oh my god, it's so much bigger than Michelle's bungee jump? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Not really just no. the awkwardness with Justin and Diana before the jump, but other than that, it's just another uh, height-related task on the Amazing Race, and we've already had several of those this season, so we can just go onwards. At least this probably doesn't mean that we'll get it at Macau Tower as well. Oh, we probably will. We might have a task at Macau Tower, but hopefully it won't with the bungee jump now. How many times can they jump off the Macau Tower on the Amazing Race in the Amazing Race franchise? Oh, thousands. <laughs> One, two, three that I can think of off the top of my head. That's just from the American, Canadian, Asian version. Australia's done it as well, I think. So four? Yeah. Uh, so teams have to now fly to Paris and where do they have to find Ben? Did you write it down? Or do I have to do the French? You do it. French Aww. is not my, French is not my, um, I'm, I'm more Spanish. Um, fun fact, I'm actually, I'm actually learning Spanish, so. Aerodrome Musée Valenciennes. Uh, and search for their next clue. And as is the trend with every single country on this race, Justin and Dana are the first to leave the airport and their train is the, First to leave because they managed to get on one without anyone else and get a twenty minute lead. Woo-hoo! You don't you don't really see people like Justin Diana just blatantly dominate most of the race like they have so far. Yeah, there has not been a single country yet that they have not been the first people to it, with the exception of Zimbabwe, but that doesn't really count. There hasn't been a single country that the race has flown into that they haven't been the first ones there, which is a quite impressive record for halfway through the season now. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it gets it gets rather boring when they're still they're still trading first place with someone, and they're always at the top of the, at the top of the rankings, and always at the top of the pack, and have never faltered whatsoever. That gets kind of boring, but it's it's good, I guess. It it could be worse. They could be not interesting people. It could be Joey and Kelsey always being in first all the time. Oh, that that would be worse, actually. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that would be awful. Justin and Diana's dominance is actually fun because we actually get to see them fighting a little bit. 
But also, they have more, more than enough personality to sort of justify them being shown, being adverse all the time. It could be worse. I'm not as keen on them. I, I think that I think they're good. I think they're fun to interact with on uh, interact with on social media and stuff. And they're obviously nice people, but God, they can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> I know that that is, that is not untreaded ground in the podcast, in the recap world, or the Gaucho, anywhere. Mi amigo, stupido americano. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry. I'm just so tolerant. Obviously, I just I love them. <laughs> The thing is, I know that if I was ever on the race, I would be that irritating. I would be I know, so I think I would be all too. the time. I would be fighting with my partner regardless of who it was. Note to self, never watch Amazing Race UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I have two potential partners in mind if, it, if Amazing Race ever did come to the UK, and both of them I would fight horribly with, and it would be awesome telly, and we would be rather abusive to each other, but we're all best friends, so it's fine. <laughs> Until you're finished. <laughs> oh no, we we'd forgive each other if we won. <laughs> We're all just very competitive. So once they get to the uh, aerodrome, it's the second roadblock, which is who's feeling revolutionary. And in this roadblock, the team member who didn't do the bungee jump must fly in a World War Two biplane over the fields and spot the three words that make up Francis' motto, which is liberté, égalité, and fraternité. I think you mean Libite, Egalite, Fraternite. <laughs> they were very... Oh, come on. They were very liberal with the pronunciations at the end. <laughs> Even the guard or the clue giver who was just pointing at the camera when somebody would butcher the French language. I guess none of them know that. If there's an accent above the E at the end of the word in French, you pronounce the E. Well, and at the start of the word, because Egalite has one as well. Egalité has two. Yes. I might have just been as, as like blind as racist, but I didn't see any accents on the actual letters. So No, there, there wasn't any, which is probably why they didn't really care about the pronunciation that much. But a lot of the pronunciations were a bit whiffy. Especially, especially as French. French is a very largely spoken language. Yeah, I can't imagine them of actually sending the... Sending the races back. Oh, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't pronounce the accents. We never put it. We never put it in letters. You have to go back and do it again. Yeah, they were just. It just made me wince a little bit as a passable French speaker. Just going, really, mm, bit whiffy. If they I- did that in, uh, if if they did this task in Quebec, uh, they for sure would have been rejected if they didn't pronounce the e at the end of the word. They they would be very angry that they didn't get the language correct. Typical Quebecois. And then Canada would have, like, lynched them. To be fair, there's only two nice Quebecois people, and that's Nick and Sabrina. Everyone else in Quebec. Yeah, not so much. Which Sabrina, though? Oh, depends if we want good... Actually, they were both good TV, weren't they? I'll have to think about that. Are you saying Elaine and Audrey aren't nice? Hey, Audrey! (laughs) Their intro was in a boxing ring. That was just showing us they were going to fight. You're alienating our entire audience by, like, excluding every single Quebecian, saying, you know... Uh, Our massive Quebecois audience. It's literally ones of people. Can you say Elaine and Audrey again? Elaine and Audrey! God, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it every time Monty said it. So yeah, they've got to say liberté, égalité, fraternité, and say it to the judge to receive the next clue. Of course, they've got to spot them whilst doing uh, stunts in the plane. And it's Justin, Josh, Tiffany, Logan, James Earl, Cindy, and Kelsey doing the roadblock. And this was another task where there wasn't much to say about it. It was a cool-looking task, but there's not a lot for podcasters to say about it. You'd think Logan would have been able to spot the words, considering she's a paparazzi and she has to spot, you know, yeah, celebrities at everywhere. 
Yeah, Logan. Why couldn't you spot the words? Why couldn't you spot fraternity? <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. Go paddleboard in your backyard canals. <laughs> what? He's not even rising to it. Why? <laughs> Logan, not our Logan. Feb Logan. Um, Mrs. Fraternity. And she's the only one to miss anything. And that's all you have to say about the task. <laughs> and then suddenly there's, and then suddenly on the way back to, on the way back to France, there's a Tanner, Josh, and Tiffany and Chris reliance. There's a shock. So almost like I predicted it preseason. Shocker. Uh, so Justin's first to leave with Tanner and Josh in second, Tiffany and Chris are in third, Denise and James Earl in fourth, Cindy and Rick in fifth, Kelsey and Joey in sixth, and Logan and Chris in last. And teams must now find the Fantôme Blanc. At Square Louis Michel to receive their next clue. I've been there. I've been to the. How do you pronounce it? Square Louis Michel. <laughs> yeah, Square Louis Michel. I I was there in uh, 2011. Uh, funny story. Well, um, there was some. There was some uh, street. There was some like a uh, street like um, craft people, who I don't think were actually street street craft people. I think they're just beggars, and uh, got got a uh, friendship. Like got uh, some friendship bracelets like made for us, and uh, very naive at the time. I was like, "Oh, can you get? Can you? Um, would you be able to like change this fifty out for oh, some?" Oh, uh, Yeah, like I, I was eighteen, so and they lasted the entire. They lasted the entire trip and a few weeks, a few weeks home. So, but yeah, I've, I have also been squarely with Michelle, and there were people who chased us to try, from, uh, try and get money off us. Which is nice of them. That was the entirety of where we went in France, though. Well, not all the entirety, but a lot of it. Plus, plus we were on clipboards. Like, I've never actually seen them in my entire life, and then suddenly there were, there were all of them in France. Clipboard, that ex- endangered species in uh, Australia. Fun fact, Australia does not have clipboards. We have clipboards. Ben just said he'd never seen one in his entire life. Really? I said women with clipboards. I, I, I said, I said women, with clip, women with clipboards. Women with clipboards. Oh, well, yeah, like the touch paper and just let it go. So they don't have they don't have like women with, women or men with clipboards going around asking for signatures in in Sydney or the Gold Coast or wherever you are now. Yeah, they do in Sydney. They don't they don't in they don't in thirty thousand population town Lismore. So no, no, I don't suppose so. You need more people. You need people to actually sign it. But well, if it was about if it was like you know things like legal legalizing weed or. Opening a new alternative living <laughs> store or hemp, that sort of thing. You know, there'd be dozens. There'd be at least dozens and dozens. And the train leaves with that Logan and Chris as well. So they're an hour behind Frowny Face. Who's Frowny Face and why are they an hour behind them? Also, did anyone else notice Kelsey and Joey's monogrammed hats? Yes, no. they have their own names on their hats. I noticed that right near the very end of the episode. Where did that come from? Really? Well, they are... N- well, they are news reporters, so I mean, you know, they need a teleprompter to tell them everything. So maybe oh they just gosh. need to look at, look at maybe they just need to look at their caps every now and again and write some of the names. It was really noticeable when they were in Square Louis Michelle, because <laughs> Joey had his on backwards, but Kelsey Kelsey did have hers on facing the camera, basically with massive letters saying Kelsey. Mm. Well, in, in rap music, in rap music, I mean, you say your own name a lot, so. If you have the name of your own, if you have your own name on your hat, then you don't really have to say your own name anymore to remind people who you are. I did ask them on Twitter whether it was uh, if if they forgot their own names. What's my name? The dog about to me. What makes you think before you go on a race? Let's go and get some hats with our names on them. I well, just don't understand the thought process. 
Well, Nick and Matt from last season, they had shirts with their own names on it. I guess it's I guess it's, a, it's a branding thing. For Unfinished Business, Seven Justin had the Duck Whisperer t-shirts as well. And, and they had uh, Harlem Globetrotter t-shirts. Oh, that's and okay. For- that's like your hashtag. But your actual and name. At the end of Unfinished Business, Luke actually was at the at the um, finish line with a shirt that said the Sinister Death Key, which is what which is what Mike called him during uh, season fourteen. When they find the Phantom Blanc, uh, teams find out it's the detail, which is drops Mike, which is such an awkward name of a detail, or Buster Crab. And in drops Mike, teams must learn a French rap song and perform it with enough pronunciation and swagger to receive the next clue. And in Buster Crab, teams must recreate a seafood platter perfectly to receive the next clue. I believe it's. I believe, I believe they refer to it henceforth as vibe instead of swagger. Because you know, because you know, eighteen-year-old um, white kids have ruined the word swagger. So, hashtag swagger, hashtag yolo. And now the UK have ruined another thing. Thanks, Michael. Swag. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, swag used to refer to something you'd sleep, um, you'd sleep under at a, at a billabong, under the shade, of, un, under the shade of a cooler bar tree. Being fearful of drop bears. No, we, no, no, we always feel we feel the jump box and the camped fire billabong. Under the shade of the cool tree. Sing it, Logan. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> Logan, you know, you know what drop bears are, don't you? Hashtag just Australian things. Dro- drop bears are Australia's most fearsome animals. Yeah. I have never heard of that. They fall out of, out of eucalyptus trees onto people's faces and claw them. No, they don't, they don't fall, they drop. They're As like in the like, monkeys like, in, the, in that Family Oye episode where... They do the parody of the of the atomic bomb, and then the guy has the parking ticket, and then he looks up, and something's about to drop, and then it's just some monkey that starts clawing at his face. Drop bears are the Australian uh, myth used to describe koalas. What are you talking? No, they're not a myth. Jesus Christ, Michael! They're Why true. Must slend- they're like the chupacabra. No, Michael, stop slandering our country. They're true. Exactly. May I point out something very important? Drop bears do exist in Canada, because bear cubs do get left in trees in national parks. Seriously, I took a picture of the signs last year. Parent bears do leave their young in trees, and it is possible for them to uh, drop on people. And there are actually signs in the national parks saying, make sure to look up, you might get a bear in the face otherwise. Cute! Cute for a second, then you realise there's a mama bear just around the corner. Oh yeah, and they're ready to eat you unless you uh, make yourself look big and and say to stay tuned for a brand new Ally McBeal. (laughs) (laughs) Family Guy reference. And also, just because these bears are the young does not mean that they're liked by any imagination. They that would still be a little bit of a sting if it drops on you. Look at the Berenstein bears—they have a lot of problems. Do, you, do the Canadian drop bears drink blood? Yes. I don't think so. No, they don't. True. They're, too, they're, too, they're way too young to drink blood. You know, the Berenstein bears start young. You know, they're, they're vicious creatures. <laughs> Where is this conversation going? <laughs> what about the hair bear bunch? Do you remember the hair bear bunch? <laughs> no. Anyway, amazing race. What did that do for the... What? Swagger? Hashtag swag, hashtag yellow. Michael, you're white. Stop it. I am intolerably white. Thank you very much. Um, did anyone else find it a bit ironic that Diana did say that she did not want to be a cheerleader when Justin released the video of him applying to be a cheerleader this week? 
Was that serious though? It didn't look serious from the like the funny seconds I skipped through it as. No, I, I think it might have been as part of a radio feature, but still. So it's another Justin and Diana fight. Diana's ready to stab Justin with a pen, and apparently Justin claims his charisma will overcome any of Diana's problems, which probably comes off more insulting than it was intended to be. Yeah, and especially awkward as he was watching the episode with his in-laws. Awkward. Did you hear that they actually that um, apparently they practiced French poetry before they came on the race? They mentioned before when they were like either heading there or when they got there, like oh, one of the things we practiced before we got here was French poetry. That was from their big amazing race that they did for the proposal that she did the roadblock for that. Yeah, what well, the last task of that was um, French love phrases that she had to learn in Boston. Hmm. How I can remember that off the top of my head, I, I don't know, but I really don't have anything written down about these details. <laughs> really? There's a, a lot happening. Um, yeah, this is the only exciting part of the whole episode from uh, my perspective, from a, anyway. From, from a television perspective, like... Bungee jumping and and you know stunt flying is pretty exciting when you're there, but like um this this was the part where you you know people can actually talk about things because like you know we fi- we finally found the one task T- Tiffany and Krista can really 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 Ace excel up. at yeah <laughs> yeah well to be fair <laughs> she is a speech pathologist so if she hadn't been very good at this it would have been a bit awkward for her. But there are two there are two people in their team though, and they're the, and they're the only ones who like made it fun. So they were very enthusiastic. This was the task that was sort of Tiffany and Chris's breakout. They broke they broke out they broke out like um, episodes ago for me, like eternal optimism and and fun having actual fun being around places rather than just like hyper focusing on strategy. That 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 made them like huge favorites to me. Like also also perpetually escaping elimination does that as well. Yeah. You know how Shack Attack thought maybe their knife skills would benefit them in the challenge? Do you think it did? I mean, they did really well. Can we never, ever refer to them as Shack Attack as well? It's an awful hashtag. I, I hate I like it. it. I hate it, but I just did it's it. A team, it's a t- it's, in this case, it's a team, not a hashtag, because, like, they're not saying hashtag Shack Attack, are they? No, but they... Exactly, they, then. No, but they came on the race with shirts that said Shack Attack, and that just... Uh, it, it's easy to remember than Rick and Cindy. Yeah, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just calling them that. <laughs> so, yeah, oh. Tiffany, Kenny, and Krista, like, massively excelled at this detour. They put a lot of oomph into their performance. It was really in your face. So, Diana's not too thrilled with performing any aspect of this detour. No. It's a bit out of her comfort zone. But they get it eventually, and then they keep fighting. It's also, Joey and Kelsey still look like the whitest people alive. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they had pretty much a member of Hell... They had a member of Hell's Angels uh, helping them out with their rap. <laughs> also, the also, <laughs> also, their back... All the, also, their tightly fitted backwards caps and their gold-laced um, polo shirts... <laughs> They could have auditioned for the Offspring's "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" music video. Uh, I'm They'd glad. be about twenty years late, Logan. I am. That's very... the point. They would still think that was cool. Instead of a thirteen, they would uh, have a thirty-one. And then we also got Denise and James all stuck there for however many times, about twenty, I say. Yeah, for ages, for hours. They said they didn't write yeah. out like how many times they were up to, did they? No, but I think James Earl said it was about twenty. Gosh, she's up there for the next two days doing <laughs> the same verse. 
Well, all the hip hop artists there are just rethinking their career path. <laughs> but the, the, female, the female one who was like helping them was actually like standing over, standing over Denise's shoulder, pointing out the words to her as she tried to as she tried to speak them by the end of the episode. Just, just going, come on, you know how to do it. For God's sake, let me go home. I'm stuck here forever. It's mm. not Leviosa. It's Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. She's a nightmare, honestly. No wonder she had her friends. I can't do a British accent this time morning. I wasn't aware that Harry Potter was uh, set in Australia. Then. That wasn't too bad. It was half and half. <laughs> it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. See, that's better then. That is reasonably English. Anyway, there's also another... This is a detour, so there was two sides of this task, right? Yep. And the other one was creating a fish platter, basically. Lots of crap. Shucked, shucked oysters and something lobsters and lemons and ice. Shack attacked uh, oysters. Shack, shack oysters. Shack oysters, yes. <laughs> Going back to your question from earlier, yes, I do think that their knife skills helped Michelle. I like that. I like that quote about how um, I th- uh, I wish I I wish I could read that down. I, th- I like that quote about how like um, you know th- that that they glue a knife in the surge in the surgery and there'll be a good knife with the um with the fish and they have to be, they have to be more accurate in the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then they also and they also passed Josh and Tanner, which is fun. I think if nothing else, it helped them to be less worried about using the knives. Because everyone seemed a little bit sort of scared about using the massive knives. Yeah, I, th- I think it was Tanner or Josh was was afraid the other one was going to shank him accidentally. Texas shanking. So once teams complete their side of the detail, they get a postcard with their next route marker on, which is the Pont Alexandre Trois. Yep. Or Troisième. <laughs> and they don't even tell us what it is in the uh, the show. I had to go to Wikipedia to find out. Is that one of the lock bridges or the the? I think pretty much every bridge in Paris that goes over the Seine has locks on it, because the pr- the Parisian government aren't particularly happy with it happening. I think it used to be a lock bridge, but then they um, I think I'm I'm not sure though. There was a lot of bridges in that river back in 2011, but um, I might have been one of the bridges that was a lock bridge, but they got rid of all the locks on the bridge like soon after 2011 because it was actually damaging the bridge very badly. <laughs> Yeah, I think Israel is still the only amazing race to actually do a task around the locks. But actually, no, France did as well. Canada did as well, didn't they? Or they had a pit stop there or something? They had a pit stop there, but I don't think they ever they actually had a task that involved the locks. France had a task, their first task actually, of the entire season was unlocking one. And uh, I think Israel had one, yeah, Israel had one that was unlocking one as well. But I think they're the only two to ever actually... Uh, Use the lock bridges as a, a route marker, basically. It's popular in other countries, but in a in the country where the government doesn't even condone it, it's yeah. And once teams find that glue box, they get sent to the place where the first team will triumph. Terrible pun. <laughs> uh, the Art de Triomphe, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. Is this the second repeated pit stop? Because. There was the one place in Japan they used for season 15 and season 23, correct? Yeah. And then here we are, uh, repeating a pit stop from the second round of the very first season. The difference is with this one, Phil actually told us before the season that this was going to happen. 
Phil specifically said, we are going back to the Arc de Triomphe. We are going back to the Taj Mahal. We're going back to Victoria Falls. Because there are a lot of Amazing Race 1 vibes that they're trying to go for for this season. Well, they just, they've already repeated so many locations and tasks just in the first, from the first two, uh, rounds of the first season now and, you know, these three consecutive rounds now for this season. That's kind of extreme. Not really extreme. Extreme, like, extreme sort of has the implication of, um, oh, it's, it's unwanted. Like, I'm liking all these flashbacks from like 15 years ago. Oh yeah, I didn't mean like extreme bad. I just meant like, it's kind of, it's str- strange to see how much they've stuck to the original season over the past few episodes and that we're going to get a couple more references down the road. Yeah, they are deliberately going with sort of back to basics vibe and back to season one and trying to give the fans what they want, pretty much. We haven't had any self-drive legs yet this season. We're six rounds in. Is that some sort of record? I believe so, but that's because Ford have abandoned them, isn't it? Yeah, I think I, I was, I've been thinking about that the past couple of weeks, and now that we're six rounds in and I haven't really seen any Ford commercials or Ford plugs, I'm guessing that because no car company stepped in as a sponsor that they're just stuck with uh, taxis and public transportation uh, for this season. Yeah, it's very rare that we have a pair of Africa legs where they're not self-driving. And then with some of the locations that are coming up where there's no way in hell they'll be driving on the street, uh, we could very well see a whole season where, you know, it's just cabs and trains and buses. India, Hong Kong, both of those are not going to be very pleasant to drive in. Uh, so, it's Justin and Diana who check in first, and for the second time this season, they don't get a prize because it's keep on racing like... Like Budget cuts. Yeah. Wah, wah. I was shocked. Keep on racing again? Sadly, some moron on Facebook spoiled, me, spoiled it for me that it was going to be a keep on racing this week. <sighs> Which is what I deleted on Amazing Race fans, Michelle. Oh, okay. That someone someone had basically posted, "Oh my God, I've seen a picture of Phil with the pit, with the clues in his back pocket. It's a keep on racing. There's nobody going to get eliminated this week. Get over yourself. Stop posting that. It's a spoiler, you nubber. So first time since unfinished business with the two to be continued rounds. I don't hate this happening. I've said this before, but the speed bump is horrible. I'd rather it be keep on racing legs than the speed bump. Because at least they keep on racing legs, make the racers do stupid things because they're more tired. Especially since they're like you know not flying, you can get a monocle of sleep on a flight. But going from France to Netherlands, that's only like a few hours. Yeah, that, that's going to be probably two, three hours on the train, I'd guess. And the Gardenal is a huge train station, so it will be a direct train, I suspect, or a reasonably direct train. Fun fact, but going back to the pa- the Paris thing that I went to, uh, when I went to Paris, a it's very hard to get... It's very, very difficult to get from the actual Arc de Triomphe to one of the, you know, one of the many, many um, corners that surround the Arc de Triomphe because there is a lot of traffic there. It's terrible yeah, it's, traffic. Well, we saw that with so Sydney and Krista. <laughs> oh, no, no. They, they underplayed it. They, like, um, you know, you saw them running across and it was like, it was like a few honks, but, like, I'd, I'd literally fear for my life if I tried to cross, if I tried to cross like that. I, I was worried when, like, Justin and Diana, like, the taxi actually stuck them off into, into the middle of the Arctic Triumph, so, cause I was like, well, you're probably gonna get smacked, you're gonna be smashed by a car there. But, apparently they won't. You should have seen one of the roads when we were in Vietnam a few weeks ago. I mean, it took us five minutes to cross, but it was basically a game of Frogger. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to sort of slowly inch our way across 
I'd hope that people were going to stop or go around us. Also, fun fact, uh, back in 2011, we, we went from Paris to the Netherlands, although we went to Amsterdam, but, and this way, and on the Amazing Race, they're going from Paris to the Netherlands as well, although they're going to Rot- Rotterdam, which is a port city. Germany? It is. Yeah, like, Rotterdam's, Rotterdam's one of like, the biggest port cities in, um, in Europe compared to Amsterdam, which is way, which is similar, but you need to remember if they are. And you, you can actually, um, get a direct sort of overnight ferry from about an hour away from my house to Rotterdam. Nothing, really? That was like the most clever joke I've ever made. None of us were listening to you, sorry, Ben. Uh, so, Tiffany and Crystal were second, Kelsey and Joey were third, Tanner and Josh were fourth, Cindy and Rick were fifth, Logan and Chris were sixth, and Denise and James Earl were still out on the race course when the episode ended. Well, you know that somebody who refers to a rap song as having funky little words may or may not struggle with the vibe and... The other, and the lyric and French lyrics in it to a hip hop beat. I'm so happy Denise ended up doing that task. <laughs> Cause her Why ra- did she choose to do that task? Her rapping was so fun. There's I no rhythm that- to it whatsoever. It's hilarious. Oh, her rapping was just wonderful. It really was. Some people just don't have rhythm. There's no rhythm. There's less than no rhythm. I don't know what's going on there. The hip-hop artists have to feel so uncool after spending, you know, several hours around her. They have to, they're going to be going back to doing K-Maro songs. It's, it's unbelievable. Just, if I was them, that's what would happen to me. Like, they have the guy with the long beard who looks like he's from Hell's Angels. He must, he's going to be switching to heavy metal rock in no time. Yeah, French heavy metal. I've never heard that. I've never heard of that before. So, next time. Teams head to Rotterdam or anywhere, Liverpool or Rome. There's crash courses and more. Justin and Diane attention that is sure to quell the haters. So that's going to be fun for your complaint blog next week, Logan. Yeah, that's all the complaints are all about is just Justin, Diana, Tanner and Josh. A couple references to Denise and then something about the race being racist or being awful in some way to do with animal rights. That's pretty much what happens each week. Well, to be fair, it's so racist that they only spit on the white people. It's so racist that the white people are struggling with the rap song. Which, may I point out, uh, the soup also picked up on that clip and found it hilarious that they basically came up with something vaguely cultural to confuse them. So yeah, anything else to say about this leg? I'm glad glad people other than than, um, Josh and Turner and Justin and Diana are are actually excelling. And to an extent, you know, Kelsey and Joey. Who I, who I still think I'm gonna win this. Who I still think I'm gonna win the season. Really? <laughs> that was my exact reaction when he told me. He was no. <laughs> yeah, like if it's not one of the if it's not one of the obvious Justin Diana or, or Josh and Tanner, it's gonna be it's gonna be um Kelsey and Joey. I mean, I I am unspoiled. I think that Tanner and Josh are probably gonna be going out when there's a U-turn next because I can't see Justin and Diana being the ones who get U-turned out. I can't see that be what they're building up to. Um. Because the next U-turn's got to appear in a, an elimination, like, surely. But, yeah, I, I think it'll be one of the forgettable characters next week who goes, one of the teams we really don't see much of. Kelsey and Joey? I don't think it'll be Kelsey and Joey, because I, I like Kelsey and Joey more than you guys do, obviously. They're basically the the embodiment of it could be worse. <laughs> I don't think they're interesting at all. Like, if they were fighting, like, Logan and Chris, I'd find them interesting. But, you know, Logan and Chris is a level which no, which no one can really hope to achieve. But... There's not really any. There's there's not really any forget like quote forgettable characters left at, at this point in the race. The final seven, 
So, like, I mean, the, the the only team we haven't really seen that much of is Cindy and Rick, so... Yeah, I I think my preferred option for the next two eliminations is probably Tanner and Josh and uh, Cindy and Rick, because I think a final five with the other five would be awesome, or the best one for the season, at least. I think Justin and Diana are all right people and all right characters, but I don't like that they're dominating the race. Unless you have a certain je ne sais quoi about you. Look at me, I'm speaking French. Unless you have a certain je ne sais quoi... Je ne sais quoi about you, like say Natalie and Megan. Well, then I don't really, I don't really like, um, you know, have a thing for you dominating the race. And Justin and Diana do not have that je ne sais quoi for me. Whereas it's it's, it's the unlikely, it's the unlikely domination or the domination from a team that we haven't seen before that I prefer rather than um, insert dating couple here. I don't think pre-season we would have predicted that Justin and Diana would be the ones to have won half of the leg so far, just on paper. No, but it doesn't make it doesn't make the actual domination any less, yeah, to me. What's everyone's heart rate right now? Have we been have we all been keeping track after recapping each task? I think mine's quite low at the moment. I'm practically dead. I'm, I'm currently lying on a bed, so it's not as if I've got anything more than what ninety. I'm like eight, I'm like eighty something. Also, uh, Joey's heart rate was like 150, 157, which is, I'm not an athlete, but 157 is around the, um, around the heart rate you get when you've been running for like, running for like 10 minutes straight. So yeah, when I went to A&E on Monday night, I think the highest my heart rate got to was about 114. <laughs> so yeah, 157 is rather high. Like I go to the gym and I check the heart rate machine. I check the heart rate machines while I'm on the treadmill. And after running, after running for like after running like um for ten, after running for like five minutes straight, my heart rate's like 180 something. Jesus. So 157 is like still up there, and that's still pretty high for. 157 is nearly three beats a second. Jeepers. So anything else to say about this episode before we devolve into? Heart rates again. No. Double elimination. No. Double elimination. Next leg. Both Justin and Diana and Josh and Tanner go. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Denise doesn't get the rap song down. The mic drops, but the mic drops onto her head out of James Earl's frustration. How about you know she's still doing it when we're at the final pit stop? <laughs> Sorry. Phil just has to say, and Denise and James Earl couldn't join us at the uh, at the finish line because Denise is still doing that goddamn rap song. She's still trying to get twenty four seconds of rap down. They really should have done that other detour, but they couldn't find it. That's why they switched. So thank you very much for joining us. You can join us again to recap the next episode next weekend. If you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, please give us a like on YouTube and subscribe and rate the episodes on iTunes. If you want to see what we're rambling about this week, you can tweet us at MJ Harmstone, at LogSuperQuacky, at Bear333333, and at Ink1Y, all of which are spelled in the descriptions everywhere. If you missed our interview with Amazing Race 1's Joe and Bill, that is also available on iTunes. And finally, if you're following the Celebrity Apprentice Australia, Ben is blogging that all season, which you can find at yetincast.wordpress.com. Thank you again. Hashtag Ninja, hashtag Super Kuwaki, hashtag Okanagan, hashtag Logan Saunders. Peace. That's never gonna. That's never gonna get less talky. <laughs> Ever.